Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. How good is it that we get to sing songs like that as a family? We get to worship and praise the Father, creator of all things together, and join Him and, and just to bring Him honor. Thank you, Jordan and gang. Um, I'm Mark Pugh, Pastor of Outreach and Operations, and I'm really thankful to be here, to, to be with you guys in person, everybody that's, that's online. Thank you for tuning us in and um, just thankful to be here. Um, it's an exciting time. You know, I'm also thankful that, that we get to partner with other great organizations and great people here at The Vine. And it's exciting to be able to support Mark and Kim Fowler as they do their church plan up in South Dawson. You know, planning churches is a, is a great way to see God's community expand into other communities and that they would experience his love and his gospel message. So I you know, encourage you guys to maybe tune them in at six or to really pray for them and support them. So let's pray now. Lord, I just want to give you thanks. I want to give you thanks for this moment that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the Fowlers. Encourage them, Lord. Encourage their heart. Let them have fun tonight. Uh, and Just bless their marriage. Bless their families. Bless their work. Lord, as they're called in their vocational call to plant this church, Lord, and these, these families that are going with them, thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would help them do mighty things for you, that you would change them and let them rest well in you. And Lord, this morning, as we come to your word and your scripture, I just pray that that you would open our minds up and our hearts up to what you want us to hear. Lord, grow us this morning. Get rid of our distractions and let us be present with you. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. So, uh, this is our last sermon in the book of 1 John. We've uh, been doing this for several weeks. It's on our uh, God, our Father. It's been the name of the sermon. And I'm hoping this morning as we read, we're at the very end of it. It's towards the end of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 to 21. That as we read this morning, that we're going to see that the Father's love perseveres and gives us assurance. You know, I feel pretty fortunate uh, because when I grew up, I knew my dad loved me. His, his love was real to me. Now, it wasn't so much in a lot of words. Like I think when the good Lord was giving out skills and passions for deep and meaningful and long conversations, my dad might have been distracted at that moment. He might have been at the back of the line. But I knew he loved me. And it was real to me. And that was assuring. And um, you know, our father in heaven, he, he gives us a lot of words. He gives us this love letter in his, in his Bible, in our, in our Bibles, that tells us how to know him better, how he loves us, how to live our life. These are great things that he helps us with, as well as the actions that he took, that he died on the cross for us. That's an unbelievable gift that gives us assurance. But over time, I've come to realize that this is kind of a hard topic for people. There's a lot of people that didn't experience the same kind of love I did growing up. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of fathers that maybe weren't able to display the love to their, their kids, that their, their love didn't persevere. 
And so this is hard to believe. And so my hope this morning as we hear this and we sit and we worship him, that we would believe. We would believe the Father's love perseveres and gives us assurance. So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 and 21. I'm going to read here. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who has been born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in the eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. You know, starting with, with verse 13, we see two really important things about this. And this is kind of a summary passage, a summary verse for this book. And it says here that, um, or, or the first part of this verse, it tells us that it's written to the church. It's written to the saints, to believers. We see that in the first half. I write these things to you who believe in the name of Son of God. And then the second thing that's really important here is it's written to give us assurance. And that's the second half of that passage that says that you may know that you have eternal life. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, that our assurance, we all want assurance. That assurance is not built on our good name, our good work, our good effort. Assurance is built on the gift that Jesus died on the cross for us. That's what our assurance is built on, not how good we are. You know, when we got to remember when we're reading scripture, and this applies for kids or adults, that we, we ought to be looking for these words that are repetitive to help us understand the meaning of it or, or maybe some key phrases. So we see the word no, we're going to talk about that later a lot. But we also see this, this phrase so that, or, or it may say that, and that tells us the why. Why, why is this important? Why is this happening? And, and so it's interesting because this verse is really similar to what's in the Gospel of John. It was written a few years earlier by John. And in chapter 20, verse 31, and this is also kind of a why this book's written summary passage in the, in the Gospel of John. It says, but these are written so that you may believe that, God, that Christ, Jesus is the Christ, the, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. This is obviously important. It's two different books written by Apostle John, kind of a summary of these two, two different books. The Apostle John, he wants us, he wants all of us to have assurance. You know, the beginning of this passage is also really important because we've got to remember, we've talked about this in the past several weeks, that he's dealing with false teachers. He's dealing with this group of people called the Gnostics. And so I don't think we, we don't really talk about Gnostics today. It's a kind of an unusual word today, but, but we're dealing with a lot of false teachers. 
You know, in our life, we're dealing with the social media, we're dealing with media, music, TV, or just bad teaching, false teachers. And, and they impact us. They tell us, like, how do, we, how do we need to be successful or to be happy? They, they tell us lies. And they, they tend to be a source of how we start building our brand. You know, I think all of us, since we were little guys, as kids, we're starting it right now. We're building this brand up, like Nike or Apple. It's, it's what we do to be approved by others, or maybe to how we like ourselves. This is our image, our brand that we're, we're building. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it's not built on God. It's not built on Christ. It's not built on the Father's love, and it's not freeing. It's not healthy for us. It doesn't help us flourish. It doesn't give us assurance. So John in our passage today tells us how do we know to have eternal life and that assurance that we're we're all looking for. So how do we know this? How do we know the Father's love provides us assurance? And we know it because it perseveres as he hears us, as he protects us, and he'll keep revealing himself to us. So let's look at our first point. We see this, we know he hears us. We see this in verse 14, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence, verse 14, that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. God's love for us perseveres in our prayers because like any good father, he doesn't just give his kids what they think they want. Because what they think they want, including me, what I think I want is sometimes not what's best for me. But he does give us what will bring him glory. We see this in verse 14. That when we pray and we ask for what is in his will, he will give us that. And those things that that, that move towards his purpose, things like loving one another, like knowing and loving God following his commands, being able to bear his image out. Those things bring him glory. And through our prayers, our father changes our heart's desires and conforms our hearts to his, to his purpose. We see a great verse in in Proverbs 16, 16, uh, 9 says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the the Lord establishes his steps. You know, several years ago, I um, was called by a recruiter and I really wasn't looking for a job and they had this job for me and I wasn't sure if I should do it. I prayed about it and the Lord said, you need to go interview. So I interviewed for it. It was a pretty exciting job and I got pretty excited about it. And, uh, but through the process, I found the Lord was changing my heart. It was interesting because I wasn't just praying, Lord, give me this job. I did want the job. But I was praying, Lord, show me, lead me. Where do you want me to be? I didn't get the job. I got down to the very end, but the Lord had changed my heart. And I was really excited about where I was at. I felt like I was right where I was supposed to be. See, the Lord heard me and he changed my heart. He established my steps. We're all on this journey together. We're on this journey to flourish in God's grace. And we are very dependent upon him to flourish. 
know, there's this famous passage in Mark 11, it's 23, 24, and it says that if we pray, we can move mountains. And I think we need to believe that. We need to believe that we can move mountains as we pray in conformance to his will. You know, this is a, this should be a practical teaching. I think in terms of like, how do we pray this? We start our prayer with Lord, show me what's your will, what's your purpose in this thing that's happening to me or for me. Help me to know where you want to go and change my heart to reflect what you've got, no matter hard, how hard or how simple that prayer is. That's a beautiful moment to, to learn, to bring him glory through our prayer. You know, another way that we see his love persevering and he hears us is when we pray for others. We see this in verse 16 and 17. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. You know, as verse 16 points out, one of the ways Christ delivers us from our sin and gives us assurance is through other believers' prayers. It's not our prayers that save us. It's, it's Christ's work on the cross that really saves us. But this passage tells us that God hears our prayers and he'll change us. He, he hears us as we pray in his will for other people to help us flourish in his grace. See, I don't think we, we take a hold of our life and just stop sinning. I don't think it happens that way. To change, we need help from God and from others. This is why it's so important to have God-fearing people in our lives that will pray for us, that will tell us what we need to hear. You know, we've got to remain humble and teachable. And our friends and these close people that the Lord gives us they help us with this. They help us see our blind spots. They help us to know that it's Christ that restores us and frees us to flourish in his grace. You know, I'd encourage you guys to take this to heart. I don't want this to be just one more thing, one more burden that you got to deal with. This is a gift from our Father in heaven. Now, I need you to pray for me. I joke with people that uh, as a pastor, I'm, I'm kind of rough around the edges. You know, I, I need help. I, I'm building this brand up on Mark Pugh, and a lot of times it's not built on God. It's not built on the Father's love. And so I need you to pray for me that the Lord would show me and really all of us, what does holiness look like in our lives? What does righteousness right now for you look like? Because I'm pretty sure that if I start um, learning what that looks like and the Holy Spirit's inside me changing me, that I'm going to enjoy honoring him. I'm going to bring him glory. And as that happens, I'm probably as a byproduct of that, I'm going to have less stress. I'm going to have less anxiety. You know, this is going to help me to change. Your prayers will change me. It will change my heart to conform to his. So I'd ask you to pre please pray for those that are close to you and ask them to do the same. We all need help to bear the image of Christ to the rest of the world. And before I move on to the next point, I, I, I need to break down what, what's the apostle John mean when he says the sin that leads to death. So 
you know, some people believe that, that there is sin, there's this heinous sin or terrible act that leads to an immediate physical death. Kind of like what you'd see in Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and, Ananias and Sapphira, where they were immediately uh, killed for, not, for lying about their financial generosity. But I don't think that's what John is talking about here. I think what John is talking about here is over unrepentant heart, over unrepentant sin. And I, and I think that's because of the overall content of this book, that this is about how do we know to have eternal life? It's not about physical death. You know, John Piper, he's, this, uh, he's a great pastor and theologian. He, he says that the sin that does not lead to death is any sin that we commit that we are by grace, by God's grace, capable of truly confessing and repenting from. You know, we see in earlier in this book, in 1 John chapter 1, that if we confess our sins, and I don't think he's saying a specific sin here, if we confess our sins, that we'll be cleansed by him, that we'll be forgiven by him. That's such an incredible gift. But, but in contrast to that, in contrast to confessing and repenting, we see in Hebrews 12, verse 16 and 17, Esau, who's famous to being Jacob's brother from Genesis. Esau gives up his inheritance. He gave it away, and then he later he wanted it, but he was rejected. And it says he found no chance to repent. Though he sought it with tears, Esau had rejected God, and he was no longer able to repent. So I don't think this is about one terrible sin. I think it's about a persistence of sin and a lack of any desire to repent or bring glory to God. I also don't think this is saying that we can't pray for that. I just think he's saying right now in this moment, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about right here is us as believers praying for other believers to help them in their journey that they would repent and that they would rely on the Father's love of them. Okay, so let's move on to our second point. And this is how we know the Father's love perseveres and gives us assurance is that we know he protects us. We see that in verse 18 and 19. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. You know, I think, I think deep down, we, we all know this is true. I don't know that we always recognize it, but our sin, it, it does not leave us satisfied. It's very dissatisfying. It might give us a little bit of happiness for a moment, but it doesn't last and it doesn't give us freedom. It doesn't give us assurance. We see this in verse 18 that because of the Father's persistence, love, and Christ's work on the cross, that he changes our hearts. He doesn't let us stay in our sin. That is a beautiful gift. We see that a couple of chapters earlier, a couple of weeks ago, we saw this in, in chapter three, verse six. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Now, this is uh, not saying that we're perfect. We're not gonna be perfect until we die. But as Pastor uh, Tim told us a couple of weeks ago, kids, those who love God repent help us change. That's what he does. This is his persistent love to his children. This gives us assurance. This is a part of how he protects us. 
He frees us from our own plans, our own idols of our heart, the, the desires in our heart for approval or for comfort or for security. These things aren't, aren't bad in themselves, but they will not last when they're not on Christ. You know, one other thing that I see in this passage that is really clear to me is the devil's real. You know, I don't, I don't think about the devil a whole lot. I don't wake up in the morning wondering what he's got going on. But we got to take a look at verse 18 and say, well, what's it mean when the evil one can't touch us? And I think this is really similar to what's going on in Job. You know, the devil can mess with us. The devil can cause us to not flourish in God's grace. He at least impacts us on a daily basis. Just like in Job chapter one, and we see that it says, the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. All that Job has is in your hand. Only against Job, do not stretch out your hand. See, there's some other definitions for the word touch here, and it's to, to set a firm grip on or to, to set on fire. See, we're assured the devil cannot own our soul. He cannot send us to hell. He can't because we've got to believe that we are children of God, that we are sheep in his flock and no one can snatch any of his flock away from him. This is a, a beautiful passage in John 10, the gospel of John chapter 10, 27 to 28 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. That's assurance. But we're impacted by the devil. And I'm afraid we undervalue that. Let me give you an example. I, I mentioned to you earlier uh, that I'm building up this brand. I'm building this brand up for myself. It's like, what do I want to be known for? But I suffer from tremors. It's a minor thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes my hands, they shake uncontrollably. I can't serve communion sometimes I'd like to. And tremors is not the brand I'm trying to build. You know, the brand I'm trying to build up that I've been working on forever looks more like this. <laughs> He's a world wrestling champion. He's athletic, good looking, successful actor, singer. He's confident. But these tremors, man, sometimes they make me feel not so confident. These shakes, they don't, they don't make me look confident at times. I'm pretty sure the rock, pretty sure he's a confident guy. I don't think he's got tremors. Also think maybe at this point in his life that he's not considering walking as one of his primary sources of exercise. <laughs> because this brand I've been creating in my head and in my heart for most of my entire life, I get super frustrated when somebody pokes at it. You know, I get angry and I, I can pretty much know right there chirping my ear is the devil. He's lying to me. He's telling me, hey, those, those shakes, what's going on there? That's, that's embarrassing. That's, it makes me uncomfortable. And this happens to me too in the office. When somebody like challenges an idea I have, or if somebody says, hey, or makes me feel like maybe an area that I'm responsible for isn't as good as it ought to be, man, that, that didn't go over well. That's poking at my brand. The devil tells me that I got to be in control to be comfortable. And we need to believe, we need to know God is in control of all 
things. But this passage tells us that the world is being tormented by the devil every day. Now, this is a lot like it was in the Garden of Eden. He's the the author of lies. He tempts us to be dissatisfied with who we are and what we have. You know, another example of, of the devil at work, I think, is our social unrest that we see today. I think the devil tells us somebody's not as brilliant as me or as beautiful as me or less whatever than me because of their color of their skin. You know, maybe it's their size. Maybe it's anything that is different than me. I think we all struggle with this to some degree that, that whether we call it racism or prejudice or discrimination, these are tragic realities of the fall of man. We saw that in Genesis 3, that, that we chose then our own desires over what God would have for us. You know, through our lives, through his lives, through the devil's lies, he, he teaches us to not be teachable. But we see in this passage again that the Father's love perseveres and gives us assurance. The Father hears our prayers when we pray for one another, when we pray in His will. He protects us through Christ's work on the cross. He who is greater is in you. John, or I'm sorry, Romans 10, um, 9. It says if, if we have faith in Christ and we know that He was raised from the dead, that we're saved. It's that simple. If we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit protects us from the devil. The devil cannot take our soul. You have assurance. You have assurance of life, and you've got to trust that. And this moves us to our, the last way that we know the Father's love and gives us assurance. We know that he will keep revealing himself to us. As we go back and we look at verse 13, again, a summary passage for this book, and we start comparing it to verse 20, we've seen and we've heard the word no like seven times already, including what's in in verse 20. And, And so let me read verse 20. It says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and true life, eternal life. The first six no's of this, starting from 13, into verse 20, they're from this Greek word oida. And it means to know, to understand. But this last no in verse 20, it's from the Greek word gnosko. It's got a different meaning. It's, it's a much more intimate meaning. It's, it's more like the, the intimacy that we have in the, bear, the marriage bond. And so, knowing Jesus intimately, Knowing Jesus intimately is the best thing for us. It's how we have assurance. It's how we flourish in his grace and bear fruit in our community. You know, if we ultimately and intimately know the Father's love, we'll naturally overflow it to others. It will be easier to share our faith with others. We'll be less stressful, less defensive. It'll be much more like living in heaven right now. You know, as we pray, as we read scripture, as we authentically hang out with one another, as we confess our sins to one another, God reveals himself more and more to us. This grows us. This helps us to flourish 
The Father's not hiding himself from us, but sometimes our sin and our busyness, it blinds us from his love. You know, this, this passage that we've read today, it it's really is a summary of the book. And we've seen in the last several sermons that we can know that we have eternal life if we love others and we follow his commands. But to do that, we must know him. We must intimately know the Father's love and believe, believe in Christ's work on the cross. This is his unconditional love of us as his children. This last verse, this, this verse 21 says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. It's kind of an interesting verse there. I, and I agree with, with Tim Keller. He's another author, theologian, pastor. Um, that he says that this has got to be some sort of warning like a, that summarizes the entire book because idols is not found elsewhere in this book. And I think this especially makes sense because we remember that John was dealing with false teachers. And so what he's saying here is that we got to guard ourselves against the idols of our heart, that we need to, to guard against the things that we hear, these inputs we receive. Again, social media, music, TV, teaching, or even the, the expectations of our upbringing. We've got to guard against that because that can place our heart's desires on things other than Christ. See, our idols, sometimes they're what's preventing us from seeing Jesus more clearly. So when we understand how much God loves us, that God the Father wants us to be family, that we're in covenant relationship with him, and that Jesus Christ, the Son, willingly went to the cross and died for us. That's how much he loves us. He did that so that we would be pure and righteous in the eyes of the Father. That's our beautiful gift. That gives us assurance. That's what we build our brand on. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We give you thanks this morning again for this opportunity to, to worship you, to know you. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us. And Father, I pray that you would encourage us now. Lord, encourage us in these days that come that we would really be able to trust you. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.